Have you ever wondered why some people can ask for something and suddenly they get it, while other people struggle to make it all happen, to find the right words, to ask the right questions, to convince someone to take their idea and run with it? Well, if you've thought about it, then you're going to enjoy listening to my next guest. Thank you for tuning in on Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper, a proud member of the C-Suite Network. I cannot tell you how excited I am to have my guest today, and I know I say that every week because I'm always thrilled at whoever decides to share their wisdom with you, because through sharing our wisdom, our stories, that's where we find ideas, opportunity, and power. So with that, my guest is the famous Laura Fredericks. The woman who coined the ask. How you doing, Laura? I am off the charts with that introduction. <laughs> I am just soaring. This is great. I am, in one word, elated. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Not as good as I am because I believe that our conversation is the key to moving forward, to managing change, and to create opportunities that allow us to soar. And the fact that you have come up with an idea that's easily approachable, not simple to do, people, but easily approachable <laughs> framework that helps us really clarify what it is we want and move forward as a community, co-creating the kind of life that we want to have around us. So I have to ask, you know, the the magic question of everybody when I'm, I'm out speaking, I'm sure people ask you the same question. How did this come to you? Slowly and then wow. with a bang. <laughs> Slowly okay. and then with a bang. So when in reflecting, I just look back, and, and what I want to say to everyone listening is that no matter where you are in life, you got here for a reason, right? And don't ignore the steps and the things that you did that brought you here. Because I did for a while. I just thought, okay, and I've had many, many careers, Denise, and I just want to kind of walk through it because it has a pattern to it. It it wasn't suddenly I woke up and said, I want to write books on the ask, and I want to speak about the ask, and I'm going to – no, 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 it didn't happen that way. And it doesn't happen for your listeners either. I was Contrary first, to popular belief and <laughs> all the marketing crap out there, right? It's, it's true. No, just if you sit, just take, a, you know, I, I believe in homework. We're going to give your mm-hmm. listeners some homework. Just sit still for like 10 or 15 minutes or take a walk or whatever you do, meditate. doesn't have to look out the window. doesn't have to be anything. But think about all the things that you did that brought you here. So I never did this, but... It makes total sense. I started out as a journalist, and what do journalists do? They ask good questions so that they can be the lead story, the cover story. Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be a lawyer, so I went to law school. My first job was as a law clerk, but asking is as important as listening. So Mm -hmm. as a law clerk, you listen to all the arguments, and then you write the most persuasive um, court decision that the judge says yes. All right. So listening and asking. And then from there, I got into actually practicing law. So for seven years, I worked as a deputy attorney general for at the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania doing civil litigation. Okay. And this was 
my hindsight aha moment. When I look back, I realized I won almost every single case on cross-examination. And why? Because I asked good questions. Uh Never, ever thought that that would help me get here. Okay? From there, I got into raising money for nonprofits because the Bar Association I was with had a foundation that raised and distributed money to community legal services. So I took a look around, and this is my second aha moment, was it was torturous for people to ask for money, and it was effortless for me. And I didn't know why. I just thought, well, as an attorney, you use skills, you ask. But I looked around and said, this is, this is not right here. So whenever something's not right and there's, uh, as we call, a black hole, I create something I like to write. So I wrote my first book, Developing Major Gifts, Turning Small Donors into Big Contributors. And I realized that when it comes to asking for anything personally or professionally, people want three things organization, structure, focus. And those have been my mantras for my entire life. Organization, structure, focus. If you have steps to follow, people will say, okay, I can do it. It's like, why do we buy guides? Why do we buy manuals? Show me the way. So I wrote the book, and then after that, I started working at Temple University and Pace University, and I just began the entire The Ask series. So Mm -hmm. all of that, it's like a string. All of that brought me right here. Okay, so let's let's dig a little deeper in this idea of organization. What does that mean? I mean, most people come and, you know, they've got their little, they've got facts, at least from their point of view. What does organization mean? Collectively, you have to sit and think. You can't just say, let's let's start for your audience. You can't just say, I want to raise. That that is nothing. What is a raise? What's not in there? What's the amount? And when do you want it? Oh, Mm -hmm. that takes organization. Okay. You have to organize to optimize your your thoughts. Organization. Mm -hmm. Structure. Structure Mm -hmm. gives you stability, especially now, which we're talking June 22nd, when things are very unstable, feel things are very uncertain, things are very unpredictable. What gives you power is structure. Mm-hmm. How am I going to structure this? Okay, you structure it with the steps, and I have some steps for you. And then focus. And my my second favorite mantra is where focus goes, success grows. Mm-hmm. Where focus goes, success grows. You have to have laser focus and push away the noise. The people who say, if if I listen to everyone who said, you're leaving the law, you're leaving your career, you put so much into this, I'd still be doing civil litigation and a very unhappy girl right now, okay? Push away the noise. Yeah, and noise is what I call, um, be careful who's whispering in your ear. Exactly, exactly. So focus, and it's very simple. What is the one thing you want today or by the end of the week? Mm -hmm. What exactly is it, and when do you want it? And then Mm -hmm. I have some other steps for you. But for now, that's what the organization structure and focus is. And believe me, people that work with you left, right, above, below, they'll follow you because you have a path. Well, I'm, I'm, 
I am sure that there's a ton of listeners who said, well, I did that. I asked for a raise. I said I wanted it at the next review, really focused on doing that. But yet my boss gave me the typical answer of, well, you're at the top of the range, or HR makes those decisions, or, you know, let me think about it, and then the boss never gets back to them. Where did it go wrong in those instances? Okay, Denise, this is the big reveal. Are we ready? Okay, everybody, wherever you are leaning, this is the best part. I'm going to give you, if I may, Denise, a minute, Mm -hmm. five steps to get you exactly what you want. Five of them. This is what went wrong. No preparation. Okay. And I don't care what everybody says. Listen, I didn't get the raise. I didn't get the promotion. I didn't get the job title. And when I didn't get what I wanted, I had to figure out how to get it. Right? Mm -hmm. Everything Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you is things that I did not get. And I was not a happy camper. Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's go through this. Let's say, let's keep it light. Not just a raise. Let's say in past couple months, you've been doing a lot more work, okay, but Mm -hmm. your job title does not reflect this. Now, a lot of people have been furloughed, downsized, let go, and for the people who are still there, guess what? You're still doing this, and you're Mm -hmm. doing more, Mm -hmm. right? Real time Mm -hmm. here. So let's talk about this. So let's say, okay, here we are. It's June 22nd, and since March 1st, You've been doing two or three extra jobs. You were the team player. You were the good person. But your job title does not reflect all of those things you're doing now. So let's go through this. Number one, know exactly what you want with numbers and dates. Okay. So let's say you want the job title of assistant VP. You don't want to be a manager or director anymore. Just Mm -hmm. add, subtract, whatever it is. Okay. Fine. So I want to be assistant VP. When do you want it? Okay, we're looking at June 22nd. I want it by July 1st. That's a lot okay. different than saying I want a job title change. Okay, yeah. it's a lot different than saying I'm a raise. You can plug the same thing in. Um, I want a raise because I've done all this extra work. What mm-hmm. is the raise? I want $15,000. When do you want it? By July 1st. Mm-hmm. See how the structure suddenly gives like you per- more. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a smart goal. It's so smart. it's, you know, be specific, measurable, exactly. right, actionable. It's a sentence that creates a almost a yes-no, but it's very tightly worded. And get the number out. Yeah. I have managed. Or the act out, whatever it is. Exactly. I want, exactly. A, I want less work. I want to be on a higher project. Mm-hmm. Um, I want more money from my donors. Mm-hmm. You know, however that goes. So exactly what you want with numbers and dates. Okay, you got that. Number two, and this is in response to what you brought up, Denise, is, Mm -hmm. yeah, I tried that, and it didn't work. And my boss said, I'm at the top of my range. Come back later. If I give it to you, I'll give it to everybody else. I've heard it all. Number two, write, write the old-fashioned way or type 15 things you think someone's going to say to your ask. Mm-hmm. So let's start with promotion of the job title. Um, we don't have that title here. If I give that to you, I have to give it to everybody else. Why do you want it? What difference does it make? Let's talk about this next year. Now's not a good time. I can keep going. Fifteen mm-hmm. things you think mm-hmm. they're going to say. Mm-hmm. But that's step number one. Step number two is what will you say to each? 
Mm-hmm. If I give it to you, I give it to everybody else. I can understand that, but right now, let's focus on me. We don't have that job title. I'm happy to work a job description or meet with whoever you want. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most important things you can do. We do it in our heads, but mm-hmm. we don't write it down. And when you write it down, it is so powerful. Now, yes. will you hear something that you've never heard before? Absolutely. Guess what? That becomes number 16. And mm-hmm. you keep this running list with you. Very, very important. Number three, time to shine. You may get one shot at this. Deliver with confidence. Body language, eye language. Right now, it may be it's Zoom because we're not in offices together. Don't say, oh, it's a computer and I'm not here and I don't get dressed. Oh, no, 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 no. Stand up. Eye contact. Shoulders back. This is it. More Mm -hmm. people have gotten what they wanted just because they looked and sounded confident. Mm-hmm. Matter okay. of fact. Confidence is matter of fact. That's it. That's it. i got two more. Number four, this is Laura's personal favorite. Personal favorite. Reiterate what you think you heard. Yes. So when the boss says to you, I have to think about this, what do you say? You have to think about it? What is there to think about? What is there to think about? Or, oh, thank you, I'll get back to you. Normally the response is, thank you very much, Denise. Um, I'll, uh, let's see, today is Monday. Uh, can we, like, meet on Wednesday or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine, but, but here's the problem. What's the it? Your mm-hmm. only job is to ask what the it that they're thinking about. Right. Or you will never, ever get what you want. And this is very easy. Say, Denise. To the extent you feel comfortable, can you share with me what you're thinking about? I'm here to help you. The ask is never blurting out, stepping back. It's like a group hug. Bring them in close. Work it out together. Right? Reiterate what you think you heard. What happens? We do fill in the blank. Assumptions. And assumptions are terrible. It just gets them out of your brain. Okay? They will kill you. They will kill your goals. They will kill your dreams. You're going to say, oh, wrong time. Oh, uh, bad mood. Oh, I should have waited till September. Oh, they're making – they haven't said anything. And you're off to the races. Reiterate what you think you heard. And then number five is very easy. Plan your next move right there. So if your boss says to you, you know what? I've been thinking about this org chart. It doesn't make sense to me. Let me just figure it out. Say, great, I'm here to help you. How about we have a meeting Thursday morning, 10 o'clock. Let's map this all out. Now, look, look what you did. It was inviting. It was a team effort. It wasn't, I want this, and you better give it to me, and you look that way. Five steps, you'll get exactly what you want. What is beautiful about what you said, and it was quite eloquent, is that it takes all the science and stuff, you know, my geek friends all know that I talk about. So one is is managing your feelings. That's the confidence. It's the matter of fact. It's sitting in that space of being matter of fact. You said things like write it down. We know that when you look at the most successful people, 1% of everyone who is quote-unquote successful gets what they want, writes it down. Everybody else does it. 1%. Is, is are the ones who habitually write it down and then reread it so that it is embedded in their brain so that they're not caught off guard when the questions come before them. Serious science here, serious science here, folks. 
The other is, is that the role playing, those 15 things that you say or 16 or 20 reasons why, it's simply role playing. It's thinking through in your mind, oh, I think they're going to say this. It gives you a chance to do some research. Find out from other people. If you only got six, go ask somebody else. But come up with a number, 15 in this case, so that you have different reasons why someone won't buy into your ask out of this. Love it, love it, love it. And the last thing I want to say is I think what stops people from asking is that complacency. Well, I don't really think I'm going to get it, but I guess I'll ask again. Not thinking that they can get what they want creates a story in their head as the boss or the person that you're talking to comes up with objections that diminishes your focus on getting what you want. We all have that trigger of if we go in believing we're not going to get it or we believe, or the person says something that causes us to be off our game or whatever it is, our brain immediately says, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to get it. Oh, no, 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 fear. And then we retreat. And that's what stops. I, I heard so beautifully in what you said. It is managing those things, knowing up front they're going to happen, and then prepare organization, structure, and focus. And the focus is really critical because it has to be a focus, knowing that at some point they're going to catch you off guard. But having those questions done, having that preparation in place, that is the power of what you said. Did I get that right? You got it 100%. And now we have what we call the icing on the cake. Let's keep okay. this light because some people are like, I can't do this. Yes, you can. Yes, 14 yes, yes. year olds have used this and stopped being bullied. 14 year olds. Well, I think um, seven-year-olds use it on their parents, and their That's parents give them whatever exactly they want. Exactly right. right? <laughs> this is this is this this is personal and professional. This is anyone on the planet mm-hmm. at any age. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. at the moment of the ask, I've discovered, Denise, that we're in a soundbite world. People don't mm-hmm. even write the word okay. It's K. Okay, mm-hmm. let me know. L M K. You know, things are happening quicker. I just had to go in sync with okay. The ask has to be very direct, succinct, exact. And here we go. At the moment you're going to ask for what you deserve, the ask is nothing more than two sentences and a question. Say it again. Mm -hmm. At the moment you're going to ask for exactly what you want, going through the five steps, it's two sentences and a question. And it sounds like this. Thank you for your time. I've had one simple request that's very important to me, sentence number one. Since March of this year, I've learned so much from taking on X responsibilities that I want my title to reflect these new skills. Sentence number two. Here comes the question. Can we agree that starting July 1st, my title should be Assistant Vice President, lean in here, to accurately let our constituents know that I'm the person in the company who can best help them? That's a question. Mm-hmm. How does that sound rather than I deserve it, I've been doing this, on, on, on. Listen to this. Thank you for the time. Simple request, important to me. And I always put this is important to me, okay? Mm-hmm. Number two, what's the date? Since March, I've been doing these skills, and I want my title to reflect these new skills. Mm-hmm. The question, can we agree that the title starting July 1st should be AVP? Now, why? What's in it for them? so that their company 
and their constituency will know exactly who to go to that can best serve them. And it's a win-win for them, not you. How about mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Excellent. So we've been kind of playing in this light place. Mm-hmm. Many companies are facing issues around diversity and inclusion. When an executive makes a decision that they really want to move forward with having an inclusive, high-performing workplace, what are the kinds of asks should they be thinking about? The asks they should be thinking about is, first of all, who are they, what do they want to accomplish, and how do they go best about that? Mm-hmm. What I see a lot Denise, and I'm not happy about this, is people quickly jump on a bandwagon because right now it's about, you know, equality, sensitivity to race relations. People go erase the past. Who is it that you are? What What is your company? What is your nonprofit? What do you want to accomplish? And how do you best put it out there? I'm seeing too much what we call mission creep. I wish we had a better word for that. But but don't go so far the other way that you're just leaning into something that's very popular right now. I think this should be an ongoing discussion, not something that's just a focal point now. But again, who are you? What what do you want to accomplish? What do your customers or your patrons whatever rely on you for? And what do you want them to know about you, that this is an ongoing equity process, not just something that's under the microscope right now? One of the things I've talked about recently is all these listening conversations, which taking up hours and hours and hours and hours. And, and I get everybody wants to tell their story, and there's importance in telling the story. But now that I've asked you to tell your story, what's next? And that's what I think you're talking about, yeah? Yes. Where do we go from here? So what are the questions together we need to constantly be asking as a checks and balances on ourselves? Mm-hmm. And it's very parallel, and, and I'm going to tell you where I got this from. When I came, this is an interesting story, I was at Temple University, and I was the AVP, so that was in our example, mm-hmm. uh, assistant vice president, and I had 15 schools and colleges, two hospitals, and an athletic program under me. Now, in the job role, to be the vice president is the big, big step. And Pace University here in New York was looking for a vice president. Long story short, I began interviewing in August 2001. Began interviewing? I began interviewing August 2001, and Pace, one of their five campuses, is five blocks from ground zero. Okay. Of course, we had 9-11. And we lost 47 in Tower 2 because we had the Pace University World Trade Institute. Oh, sorry to hear that. And I was like, I have to have this job. I moved to New York Okay. in 2002. Now, where is this all going? We learned very quickly two words, risk assessment, on all levels. Okay. okay? And I, I have carried that since 2002. What are the risks here, right? Did we not pay attention to diversity? Okay, was it not included in all our policies, in Uh all our programs, in all our hiring? And it was a constant check on risk assessment on every level, financial, Uh personal, hiring, on and on. So no matter where I go, and, you know, being a consultant now, I can't believe this, for 12 years, wherever institution I go to, business or nonprofit, I say to them, we're going to do not, not a SWOT analysis. We're going to do a risk assessment, and it's got to be – it's not a stopgap. It's an ongoing right. process. 
And yeah. that's, that's what I learned from risk assessment. It's not you do it when your database crashes or when right. five people walk out the door or when your board chair leaves or when your CEO says, you know what, I've had it, and there's been no succession planning, right. okay? It's an ongoing process. But yeah. people need structure. And the structure yeah. is there's a matrix put out, and here are the seven diversity factors we have to constantly be looking at and thinking about recruiting, retaining, and succession plans. Yes, and and that should and that's you know because everybody's into the comp. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people are into competencies. They're into you know creating a competency base for their you know performance management and agreements and rules and things like that. And one of the, you know, it's great that you kind of sort of thought about it. It goes back to your third point of focus. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we do have a focus. What I don't necessarily see is how does that integrate into the business strategy or the day-to-day -day business tactics, which is what I think you're saying about your risk assessment, mm -hmm. to have it as a planned monthly, quarterly, um, mm -hmm. biannually. There's a point in time when we're going to just stop, pause, and say, okay, this is where we're headed, are we on target? What have we done? What have we learned? How do we move forward? Denise, the last piece is so important, and I think two things. We're not listening. We're not learning, mm -hmm. okay? We're just going forward and going forward and going forward. And since March, what, 17th on the world, world, global, mm -hmm. has had the opportunity to pause, Mm -hmm. to be creative, mm -hmm. to think different, act different, work different, live different, okay? Mm -hmm. If we didn't learn what worked and carry it over, all of this was for nothing. The worst thing that happens, and I've been through, many of your listeners have been through crises, is you don't carry over what's working for you. You just want to push to get things the way they were and pick up on the routine you know. You know, a lot of good, unfortunately, has come out of this. Mm -hmm. Look at the good and learn and incorporate. Don't mm -hmm. drop it and say it carried us over. Learn yeah, it's and funny, go it's forward. Funny you, yeah, it's funny you say that because I've been talking to my, um, even when I was in retail, working with stores and, and franchisees, one of the things that when things go wrong, what they come to HR and say, hey, you know, what, you know, why are people not? You know, there's always that conversation about that. And one of the things I was telling, have been telling one of my retailers is this is what you need to do. During this time when you're down, start monitoring your stores and see who's right. Who are the top 20 who are in adversity still making their numbers or at least close to doing what's right. Look mm -hmm. at your bottom 20 and see what are they doing that the top 20 aren't. Take those lessons and and then push it towards the other um, you know, 60, 70% of your folks. Because if you, can, if you can tell them what to do and what not to do, if you can look at it not just from what your people are doing, from structure, as you said, mm -hmm. do we have the right structure in place? Do we, have, do, do we communicate well with folks? But what I saw for a lot of companies, not just retail, is fr frozen in fear. Mm -hmm. What was me? What are we going to do? There's nothing I can do. And I'm not... You know, I'm not talking about the smaller organizations that don't have a lot of staff or a lot of people in there, but I am talking about those organizations that do have size, those organizations that do have HR departments that should have been coming up saying, hey, here's what's working, here's what's not. Just like finance was saying, here's where our cash flow is, 
Here's where our cash flow is. This is what we got to do with our money. This is what we got to stop doing with our money. We should be thinking about and requesting and demanding the same kind of rigorous thought around what performance looks like, not in the did they hit the outcome, but what are people doing to keep us moving forward? How do we help people move forward? What do they need to do? What do they need to stop doing? What are we going to put on their plate? What are we going to take off their plate? How do we know that that combination of taking and giving actually works and having a clear thought? And you're absolutely right. Don't do it when you're in the middle of a crisis. You know, I lived in San Francisco. If you wait to practice when an earthquake comes, when an earthquake comes, I promise you, you will not know what to do. Get ahead of the earthquake one way or the other. No, that's not going to happen. Right. It's not going to happen. And that's the piece that I think, you know, when we're talking about managing people, when we're talking about getting, asking and being collaborative and getting what it is we want, when we want to do more great work, it is that lack of, like, taking your ask model, even if they just stick with the top three things, organization, structure, and focus. And personally, I think focus has got to be first. Mm-hmm. But that, that's your model, not mine. Because I think if we are not clear on what it is we want, then everything else falls apart because we're going to be shooting at the wrong thing. What's the question? What's the challenge to be solved? What's the opportunity to be seized? Why is it important to us? What happens if we don't get it? Now, how do we prepare? What are the options? What are the options, strengths, weaknesses? You know, do the whole SWAT, whatever it is you want to do. But on a personal basis as well as an organizational basis. And if I could inculcate or if I could put into any HR team, this is the kind of the ask model is what I would say you should be thinking about because it's not just about the process, making sure people get paid, avoiding legal litigation, the embarrassment, you know, of of someone on social media. But what does it mean? What systems have we created that keep managers from really being good leaders? What is the system that we've created or allowed to happen through not having a good risk assessment that keeps us from achieving this goal and always being behind the eight ball? That's the power of what I see in your ask. Am I, am I like off base? I know you can work just with I'm listening whole, to you. I'm drinking you know, all, all this in, girl. This sounds good to me. I'm just better and better here. I'm not. I'm empowered. I'm emblazoned. Here we go. <laughs> well, one thing, you know, Deesa, I'm, I'm very grateful to be on your show at this moment in time for the following reasons. First of all, I'd be happy, period. But this moment in time, and there are no such things as coincidences as we know, I've seen too many people and entities in the past three months hold off on asking. And it pains me. Pains me. Okay? Why? Because we do assumptions. There are people less fortunate for the nonprofit groups I work with, but we're not a food bank. We're not health care. I said, you are a powerful arts organization, and without arts, our souls will die. Okay? You go out there and make every ask you can. I was on a webinar, a huge international group that manages worldwide brands. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Anything in your living room, anything you wear, anything on your feet, powerful titans of the industry. Okay? Mm -hmm. Guess Mm -hmm. what? 
they're not asking, mm-hmm. right? Their retail, as you mentioned, Denise, tanking. Mm-hmm. Why? Now, here's the listen and learn piece. Because of their stature, because they're titans in the industry, we're talking biggies here, okay? Mm -hmm. They're used to the transaction, and that means I send you a contract, we're going to merchandise this with these brands and these logos, yes, no, here we go. They didn't know to even how to ask for something in a new world, which we're in now. And so we did the five steps. And I said, whoa, we got to dial this back because they didn't even know how to have the conversation because we can't communicate with people. No one wants to be talked to right now. I said, you know what? You know what works? The telephone. Yes. The old-fashioned telephone. Why? It's a live human being. I don't have to stare at a Zoom or a WebEx. You're talking to me. Now let's craft this conversation, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why do you want it? What are you offering them? How are you going to work it out? This was brand new to them, Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, they were holding back, holding back, and their billion-dollar companies are tanking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you waiting for? Q3 and Q4 is here, mm-hmm. so let's mm-hmm. work it out. And if they say no, you hit 2021 20, with a bang. Let's do this. I was stunned. So I just want to say anyone listening here, never, ever, ever hold your ask, okay? Yeah. If you deserve it and you want it, if you – feel with all the sincerity that you can, because I'm going to tell you, and I want to talk about this, Denise, if you don't ask, you are going to get sick. What does it do? It kills your self-confidence. Yeah. It makes you doubtful. It causes stress. And the number one killer in, in the world is stress. Yeah. You yeah. don't yeah. need this. The ask takes that off of you. Yeah. Ask for what you want whenever you want to. And... I will put on this. There are two things I really want to say. Is some folks on this may be representing a corporation, but some of some of the people who might hear this have an opportunity to hear this may be looking for a job. The number one thing when I was in HR, as well as now that I'm outside it, is that they don't make a clear ask. They want to be picked. <laughs> Pick me. Pick me. That's exactly. Oh right. no, me. no, no, no! Oh, I'm telling don't you. Pick me. And I'm nope. not sure that that same mentality isn't what leads a lot of corporations. Well, I've got the big brand. I've got the the best prices. I've got this. Pick me because da-da-da-da-da. Or and you should it, want it because. Yes, And yes. it's and one-sided. You can never make this one-sided. You will never get yes. anything you want if it's yes. one-sided. Yes. Why would they yes. give it to you? Yes. And, and that mentality is what holds so many people from getting the job that they want getting the increase they want, or getting the sales they need. The other thing is, I fundamentally believe, don't be afraid of no. Well, let's put it this way, Denise. When you were two years old, what was the very first word you heard? Yeah, I know. Over okay, and over and over. so let's let's wait a minute. and let's stick on this topic just a little bit because I get mm-hmm. asked this every time I speak. Do you know the number one reason why people do not ask? Because they already know they're, somebody's going to say no. I get no, I get fear of rejection. Actually, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I have studied this. That is not the reason why people don't ask, because you've been rejected before. You've Mm -hmm. heard no before. Mm -hmm. That is not the reason. Mm -hmm. It, It goes into my step number two. You're afraid you'll hear a response. You'll be unprepared to answer. Embarrassment. Nobody wants the deer in the headlights. 
No one wants to feel small, insignificant, Mm -hmm. stupid, Mm -hmm. uneducated. You Mm -hmm. are holding back because you're afraid there's going to be something that's going to cause you to be off guard. So if you go to step number two and write 15 things you think they're going to say, you're over it. Now, there's no reason not to ask. It is not fear. It is not rejection. You're afraid you're going to hear a response, and you will do anything not to feel insignificant. Wow. And here's the really bad part about it, because you mentioned what kind of the number one fear is stress, stress, and loneliness. It's the bad stress. It's that rumination stress. Mm -hmm. It's not the stress of wanting to perform or wanting to get something done. You know, I got too many things on my plate. It is that constant rumination of, oh, my God, I should have said, would have said, should have said, could have said. It's that constant in your mind that causes the body to stay in a state of fear, and the fear lets out that chemical cocktail, which starts to (laughs) implode your immune system and your organs. And then it comes a habit, and you live in a constant state of fear all the time. It just feeds on itself over and over and over and over. Listen, Denise, a while ago, it was a couple of years ago, I was so obsessed on this topic, I wrote an ebook, and I love it. You ready? Money wellness yes. is money making you sick because oh. you're not asking for it. How money affects your mind, body, mm-hmm. soul, spirituality, not asking, and almost every ask has a monetary value to it, mm-hmm. almost anything. You didn't get mm-hmm. the promotion, that's money. Okay, you didn't ask your significant other for more time, right? Mm -hmm. That's time away from you that costs Mm -hmm. you money. Every Mm -hmm. ask has an underlining piece of money. Money wellness is money making you sick. And the number one cause of people's sickness is stress. Fear of no? It's stress. (laughs) It's stress, right? And you stress yourself out because in not asking, you suddenly say, I'm less than. I don't mm-hmm. deserve it. Mm-hmm. Or the, the worst is people let luck, chance, and time fill in for you not asking. Watch this one carefully. If I spend more time with my boss, they'll just know how good mm-hmm. I am. That's mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, everyone's furloughed but me. That's luck, and I don't mm-hmm. have to ask for it, right? Mm-hmm. Chance, mm-hmm. well, you know, Suddenly, people are getting rewarded randomly, and so I will too. Don't, don't fall into those three devils, luck, Mm -hmm. chance, and time. It will Mm -hmm. never, ever come your way. Well, we could go on for at least another half hour. Oh, let's just keep going. Grab yourself a glass of water. Get some coffee. We're just warming up, folks. We're just warming up here. And I hope I may have to bring you back <laughs> towards Is that the end of the morning? year. We'll be back. Part you, hey, two. So <laughs> yes, exactly right. Part two coming in towards the end of the year, so we can really talk about future planning. Laura, how do my listeners get a hold of you if they want to continue this conversation with you? Well, my great big hug to you all. <laughs> you go, my. This is going to make this very, very easy. My. My good friend Daniela Crackdell helped brand me. All social media is very easy. It's expert, E-X-P-E-R-T, on the ask, expert mm-hmm. on the ask. Follow me on Twitter. By the way, we're getting close to a TED Talk. I would, my ask, is anyone listening, just follow me on Twitter, ask some questions there. It's great. Also, my web, website is uh, expertontheask.com. Anything you plug in expert on the ask, I will come right up in the number one search engine. Everybody, you know my ending. If you liked it, please share it, like it, 
If you didn't like it, share it because I promise you it will generate a conversation and you will grow from that. Again, this is Denise Cooper from Closing the Gap. My guest was Laura Fredericks. We are here to help you. And that's a wrap, folks. Well, now I hope you're out there ready to make that ask. You've been listening to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. Music provided by Ivan G. Hall. Let me thank the C-Suite Radio for hosting me on their network. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And also check out the other podcasts on C-Suite Radio, the largest network focused on helping executives do better and be better. As always, let me know what you're doing, what you're facing, and what you're struggling with as you try to close the gap, creating pathways from where you are to where you want to be. Talk to you next week. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.